The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Number one seed, yeah. I I thought Saturday was like the end of the end, but apparently just just for the league. League, okay. I think they were the number three seed. They beat the number two seed on uh, Friday night. Okay. They played the number one. I think the number one seed won, and then they played them on Saturday. Okay, and I. I thought I heard they lost the last one, but we're still at number one seed. I'm wondering where Michigan ended up as well. They were. Yeah. Yeah, right. What time is it? Seven. It was seven. Yeah. Public Welcome, one and all. I'd like to call this meeting of the Kalamazoo City Commission to order. This is our business meeting for Monday, March 21st. Clerk Borling, please call the roll. Commissioner Decker. Commissioner Hess. Present. Commissioner Hoffman. Present. Commissioner Juarez. Present. Commissioner Pradle. Present. Vice Mayor Cooney. Present. Mayor Anderson. Here. Uh, commissioners may have a motion to excuse Commissioner Decker from this business meeting. So moved. So moved by Commissioner Juarez. Support. Supported by Vice Mayor Cooney. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed, nay. Thank you so much. The motion passes. So uh, once again, I want to uh, welcome everyone and thank you for being here tonight. We appreciate that we can share some time together here after our long stint of virtual meetings. For our opening ceremony tonight, the invocation will be given by Pastor Moise Ritzara from the Kalamazoo Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome. Please rise for the invocation and remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. We thank you, Father, for the ability of living in such a wonderful city of Kalamazoo. We ask, Father, that you please be with our leaders as they make important decisions for each and every one of us. May you bless them with wisdom and discernment, and may peace reign in this city 
security, love, equality, but above all, joy, and above all, Father, happiness as well. Guide this meeting, and thank you, Father, for the privilege of serving you and your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity to provide this proclamation on behalf of the 54th Commission for March for Meals of Kalamazoo in March of 2022. Whereas, on March 22, 1972, President Nixon signed into law a measure that amended the Older Americans Act of 1965 to include a national nutrition program for individuals 60 years and older. And whereas, Meals on Wheels programs from across the country are joining together for the March for Meals awareness campaign to celebrate 50 years of success and, gain, and garner the support needed for, to ensure that those critical programs can continue to address food insecurity and malnutrition, combat social isolation, enable independence, and improve health for years to come. And whereas Meals on Wheels programs both congregate and home-delivered in the city of Kalamazoo have served our communities admirably for over 50 years. And whereas volunteers for Meals on Wheels programs in the city of Kalamazoo are the backbone of the program, they deliver nutritious meals to seniors and individuals with disabilities who are at significant risk of hunger and isolation. And whereas Meals on Wheels programs in Kalamazoo provide nutritious meals to seniors throughout the city that help them maintain their health and independence while providing seniors an opportunity for the social connection for seniors to help combat the negative health effects and prevent unnecessary falls, hospitalizations, and or premature institutionalization. And whereas Meals on Wheels programs in Kalamazoo deserve recognition for the heroic contributions and essential services they have provided amid the COVID-19 pandemic, and will continue to provide to local communities, our state, and our nation long after it is over. And whereas the senior population is increasing and action is needed now to support local Meals on Wheels programs through federal, state, and local funding, volunteering, donations, and raising awareness to ensure these vital services can continue to be delivered. Now, therefore, on behalf of the 54th City Commission, I, Commissioner Jean Hess, on behalf of David Anderson, Mayor of the City of Kalamazoo, do hereby proclaim March 2022 
as a month celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Older Americans Act Nutrition Program and urge every community member to take this month to honor our Meals on Wheels programs, the seniors they serve, and the volunteers who care for them. Thank you. <clears throat> For Meals is a month-long event to really bring attention to not just um, nutritional needs for our seniors, but also all the wonderful volunteering we get from our community. Um, Vice Mayor Cooney, who all knows that, he used to help us on a weekly basis. Um, so he's just one example of um, what change can make in our community and the feedback we get back as staff to know what other um, programs could help them. Um, Milestone Senior Services has 21 different programs um, that help keep uh, seniors thriving where they live. So our whole mission and values is to, you know, age in place and stay home and all that good stuff. So thank you so much for this proclamation. It's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and for being part of this community. It really means a lot. I had the opportunity to, uh, to uh, go down to uh, Milestone at 10 a.m. on a weekday morning here recently and see all the energetic volunteers come in and get ready to head out with enthusiasm and deliver them. I understand that our own Vice Mayor Cooney might be one of those people. Is that accurate? I did up until... Uh, City Manager Reitzman gave me too many jobs, and then I had to <laughs> stop it. But, um, you know, I, was, I did it for a, a, quite a while, and it was a great experience. I really look forward to meeting the people. I developed a lot of relationships and lived through a lot of things that they were going through, um, and it was just great. And Taylor was wonderful the way she keeps the whole thing together. Thanks, Vice Mayor, and thank you again. Appreciate it. Commissioners, you have the agenda before you for tonight's meeting. Are there any changes you would like to see? Seeing none, is there anyone in the chambers who would like to move anything from our consent agenda to our regular agenda? Yes. Item 18, which is the approval of uh, appointments and nominations to the Foundation of Excellence Board of Directors. Anything else? All right. Great. Next is uh, communications. Say, Manager Ritzma. Nothing, Your Honor. Thank you, Manager Ritzma. Next is the opportunity for general public comment. Speakers will have three minutes for their comments. We will start with in-person speakers and then go to any call-in speakers, which will be managed by Deputy City Manager Chamberlain. People who want to offer comments via phone should call 888-382-9556, starting now through the end of this public comment period. Yes. it before and I guess it's been going on for 50 years <laughs> well I thank you all thank you thank you
My name is Ray Sweeney. I live in the city of Kalamazoo. I have two roles here. I frequently attend meetings, uh, virtually, mostly for a while. Uh, but uh, I'm a member of the Isaac TRHT Task Force for Affordable Housing. And I just want to mention how pleased we are that Stephanie Hoffman, Commissioner Hoffman, is going to be nominated to be on the, uh, the FFE board as uh, the commission participant. And uh, I'm just thrilled by that. She's been a member of the task force, the Isaac task force, and actually led it before she was elected to her office now on the commission. And um, I think she understands the issues that, uh, that the foundation should be addressing in terms of equity, and she know, knows it from a variety of different angles, uh, all of which uh, she holds dear and is passionate about. So thank you for that. I also want to uh, change roles and speak as a member of the First United Methodist Church. I'm going to... Uh, so uh, this last weekend, about 100 of us uh, were involved in study meditation and worship centered on learning how to become an anti-racist congregation. We invited a number of persons to guide us in our exploration drawn from our own community as well as people who joined us from other areas of Michigan. On Sunday, Bishop David Bard, who heads the Michigan and Minnesota conferences, helped us celebrate the process that will lead to us formally identifying ourselves as an anti-racist congregation. I know enough of you to know that many of you share the desire to weed out biases which have become ingrained in our cultures. We are also are committing ourselves to act in ways that will bring about systemic changes that will repair the damage that has been done through marginalizing African Americans, Asian Americans, uh, and indigenous peoples, and, and Latina, Latinx peoples. I want to communicate to you that as you undertake actions to catalyze an increase of affordable housing, achievement of a living wage, investment in critical repairs and weatherization of housing, equity in education and healthcare, we have your back. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next, please. Good evening, Your Honor. Members of the City Commission, my name is Reverend William Stein. I am a co-founder and the current chairman of the Kalamazoo Black History Museum organization. Tonight, I am here on behalf of that organization to respectfully request a $2.5 million grant uh, from the Kalamazoo Foundation for Excellence. Those monies will enable us to secure a building downtown in Kalamazoo and then begin the process of developing it or redeveloping so that it will become a point of destination Black History Museum to welcome all races to this facility to teach everybody about the Black diaspora. Um, I've been told that uh, a lot of people are celebrating the fact that this idea came to light there have been people working for at least three decades trying to um, facilitate this goal. Um, but as we all know, even the Bible tells us faith without works is dead. You can talk about something until you're blue in the face, but until you get off your backside and make it happen, it's not going to happen. 
there is a timetable associated with this project. We pray that uh, with all the resources that we need, that uh, the museum will open on Juneteenth in the year of our Lord, 2024. We will need additional resources in order to make this happen, to create job opportunities. And I've heard downtown merchants uh, through the media complain that they're concerned that there aren't enough marketing efforts being uh, put forth now that um, it's alleged that ties will be severed with the downtown partnership. I have had an opportunity to talk to the chairman of the downtown partnership. He is on board. He is going to schedule a future meeting for me to give a presentation. I am available uh, to give presentations to the community. I am glad, I'm honored to have had an opportunity to share coffee with Vice Mayor Cooney uh, so that I could receive his uh, feedback in private. And I thank you again on the record, uh, Vice Mayor. And uh, I would also encourage those of you who want to learn more about our organization to go on our website at KalamazooBlackHistoryMuseum.org. We're gonna have two sessions Sunday on Zoom to receive feedback from the public. And then the following Sunday, we will have two more sessions. So that will give you an opportunity to provide input. Ladies and gentlemen, let's make this happen. There are a lot of people that are looking forward to this project coming to fruition. And I thank God that uh, he tapped me out and blessed other vessels to make sure that this becomes a reality. And like I said, our goal is to establish this facility in downtown Kalamazoo. And with your support and cooperation, it'll happen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Is there anyone else in the chambers here who would like to make, take this opportunity to make a public comment? Seeing no one else at this time, Deputy City Manager Chamberlain, do we have any people who have called in with public comments? Uh, we'll go ahead and check, sir. Okay. Caller ending in 1818, go ahead. Go ahead and check, sir. Hello. Well, there's a delay in the video, so it's hard for me to hear what I'm saying. Caller ending in 1818, go ahead. I gotta mute this, I'm sorry. It's, it's difficult. Um, so I went to um, some board meetings, a number of board meetings, um, and there were a number of boards that meet in the conference room, and there's a couple that meet in the commission chambers, and the, the, the majority of them that wanted to meet in the commission, um, the room off to the side, community room, whatever you call it. Um, they wanted to be able to be live streamed, and the city manager liaison has communicated with the city manager's office, and they've been told, even though they filled out the proper paperwork, that they are not able to meet live stream um, from the community room, but they had to meet in the commission chambers. But I know that the FFE meets in that room right now, as is, and they live stream it. So I'm not sure why it's being communicated that they're not allowed to do that. Um, and I think one of the big reasons why is because it's so formal and so proper and all those things that go along with that, um, being in the commission chambers, whereas being in the community room is a lot more informal. And if they want to allow the community to interact more, um, it's much more comfortable. Um, and I think that's great. 
And I also wanted to bring up um, that uh, I've been going to the Board of Review, and it's been really interesting. Um, they don't keep minutes, which I thought was interesting. Um, and they said they're not able to live stream either, even though they have the equipment and they to do it. Um, and it also has been denied to have an accommodation for that meeting, um, according with the Attorney General's ruling. And so I'm not sure what it would take to be able to, in the future, make those resources accessible for people that can't come in person due to disabilities or what have you. Um, but just some of the vibe. Half of the, about half the meetings I went to were very comfortable with the public being included in the conversation. And then the other half were like, you've had your three minutes, no more conversation, no matter what. Um, one time I was even at meetings for probably about seven hours in a row. And I went outside just to take a breather and the security told me I wasn't allowed to be on the sidewalk. I had to leave the sidewalk. That's where we're going to call the police. Um, and I don't know, I'm just not really sure what to do about that. Um, he said if I was smoking a cigarette, that would be fine. But because I was not smoking a cigarette, um, that that would be trespassing. Um, so if I get some clarity on that, that would be great. Um, yeah. And then I don't know how much time I have left. Um, I can't see that participant. See if there's any other callers. I think that's the last caller, Mayor. Okay. Thank you very much, Deputy City Manager Chamberlain. I appreciate that. Now we are up to our consent agenda, items under G, Manager Ritzma. Uh, we have a whole lot of items under our consent agenda this evening, so be patient as I read through them. Uh, first is approval of a professional services agreement with Hubble, Roth, and Clark Incorporated for construction engineering services related to the Miller Road Emerald to Sprinkle improvement project in the amount of $108,600. Next is the approval of the purchase of a John Deere 310SL HL backhoe from AIS Construction Equipment through the My Deal Cooperative Purchasing Program in the amount of $131,324. Next is the approval of a contract supplemental with Xylem View Incorporated for the real-time sanitary sewer level and hydrogen sulfide monitor devices support system in the amount of $164,145.14. Next, the approval of a professional service agreement with Prina Newhoff for construction engineering services related to the 2022 Northside number one non-copper service replacement project in the amount of $198,600. Next is the approval of a three-month contract extension with Alexander Chemical Corporation for the purchase of 12.5% sodium hypochlorite in the, by volume in the amount of $215,556.25. Next, the approval of a contract extension with Unique Paving Materials Corporation, Corporate in, uh, for asphalt patching materials for the 2022 season in the amount of $221,100. Next is the approval of the purchase of seven public safety fleet vehicles from Gorno Ford 
through the My Deal Cooperative Purchasing Program in the amount of $247,863. Next, the approval of a contract with Pavement Maintenance Services, LLC, for Burdick Street Cape Seal in the amount of $268,044.96. Next, the approval of a contract supplemental with Inform Architecture for architectural services related to the farmer's market improvements in the amount of $289,128. Next is the approval of a contract and purchase order with Mulder Waterproofing and Sealants Incorporated for masonry restoration at Wastewater Building 5 in the amount of $322,560. Next is the approval of a contract with Pavement Maintenance Services, LLC for the 2022 Local Streets Chip and Cape Seal Project in the amount of $363,242.40. Next is the approval of the following actions related to the Miller Road, again, Emerald to Sprinkle Improvement Project. First, the approval of a contract with Reith Riley Construction Company in the amount of $719,035.79. Also, adoption of a resolution approving MDOT contract number 21-5462 and finally, acceptance of a grant from the Michigan Transportation Economic Development Fund in the amount of $345,137.18. Next is the approval of a three-year contract with Monoform LLC for sanitary sewer manhole rehabilitation by lining in the amount of $929,580. Next is the approval of a contract extension with Reith Riley Construction Company for asphalt paving materials in the amount of $1,188,100. Next is the adoption of a resolution extending the period for Kalamazoo College to file an updated institutional master plan. Next is the approval and acceptance of an easement from Westview Capital LLC for water main installed as part of the Gilmore Farms number two phase three development in Richland Township. Next is the approval of a lease agreement with Mr. Christopher Gallup of Timberline Farms LLC to permit the farming of 22 of the existing 28 acres of city owned property at the southeast corner of G Avenue and North 6th Street in Ashtabo Township. Next to the approval of the mayor's reappointments to the Planning Commission, the reappointment of Greg Milliken for a term expiring on March 31, 2025, and the reappointment of Chardet Chambers for a term expiring on March 31, 2025. And finally, approval of the following reappointments to the Zoning Board of Appeals. Uh, the re reappointment of Beth Vanden Hamburg for a term expiring on March 31, 2025. The reappointment of Remy Harrington for a, ter a term expiring on March 31, 2025. And the reappointment of Jeremy Turpening for a partial term expiring on March 31, 2023. Uh, thank you, Manager Rispa. Excellent job in working through all those. So commissioners, the requested action is a motion to approve items one through 17 and 19 and 20 and authorize the city manager to sign all documents on behalf of the city. Is there a motion? So move. Motion made by Commissioner Juarez. Support. Supported by Vice Mayor Cooney. Scott Worling, please call the roll. Commissioner Hess. Yes, and I will abstain from item 15, G15, due to my relationship at Kalamazoo College. 
Commissioner Hoffman. Yes. Commissioner Juarez. Yes. Commissioner Pradle. Yes. Vice Mayor Cooney. Yes. Mayor Anderson. Yes. Thank you, Commissioners. The, uh, all the items on the consent agenda are approved. Now we do have an item on our regular agenda, Manager Ritzma. Yes, item G18, approval of the following appointments and nominations to the Foundation for Excellence Board of Directors. First, the appointment of Stephanie Hoffman as a City Commission Director for a term not to exceed her current term of office. Also, the appointment of Michael Harrison as the at-large director for a term expiring on March 31, 2024. Also, the nomination of Ida Salas for appointment as business banking director for a term expiring on May 31, 2023. Next, the nomination of Dr. Andrea Bostrom for appointment as the health care director for a term expiring on May 31, 2024. Next is the nomination of Mary Balkama for appointment as housing director for a term expiring on May, May 31, 2025. Next is the nomination of Sandra Calderon Huezo for reappointment as neighborhood director for a term expiring on May, May 31, 2025. And finally, the nomination of Reverend Rachel Lomberg for reappointment as the faith-based director for a term expiring on May 31, 2025. Thank you, Manager Risma. Is there anyone in the audience who would like to comment on this item? Sir, city resident. Um, so the commission is being asked to appoint uh, Mary Balkama to the Foundation for Excellence Board of Directors in the position of housing director. Uh, Mary Balkama uh, is a uh, former city commissioner. I don't. It's been over a decade since she was on the commission, but she served with uh, David and Don. Um, but she was on the commission, and uh, she stepped down because uh, she was appointed to be Kalamazoo County Treasurer. Uh, when she was Kalamazoo County Treasurer, many people feel that she inappropriately used uh, county uh, tax for closed public funds as well as the properties that came into her possession as um, uh, the county treasurer. For example, um, after Peter Batani stepped down as uh, Kalamazoo County Commissioner, that position has been very volatile. I'm a, it's been like six years or something. It's been a very volatile position. And at one point, uh, Mary Balkama was campaigning uh, among the Kalamazoo County Board of Commissioners for that position. And uh, she uh, fixed up one of the properties that was uh, seized from a, a private property owner through tax foreclosure, fixed it up, and then gave it to um, the mother of a county commissioner in order to uh, sweeten that commissioner up uh, in hopes of getting that commissioner to promote her uh, on to uh, be county commissioner. So that's number one. Number two is that um, she claimed that once the properties came into her possession that uh, she couldn't give them back, she couldn't refund any money, she couldn't do anything, even though uh, county treasurers and other counties were doing those things. Since then, um, I think there's been a state uh, court ruling or maybe they changed the law that now when your property is seized through tax foreclosure, any funds in excess of what you owe are now refunded to uh, the property owner. That's two. Uh, number three is that it's alleged that she gave a lot of no-bid contracts for fixing up the uh, tax foreclosed properties to the same person. 
Number four, when she was running for re-election in 2012, she used the tax foreclosure funds to advertise her re-election, her name and face on billboards throughout the county as part of the auctions, the annual auctions they hold in July. She had never done that before, never did that since, but in the year that she was running for re-election, she did that. That's one of the reasons why in 2012 the Accountants Gazette endorsed her opponent for re-election. The state police did do an investigation of her office. They found no explicit violations of state law, but many people believe Mary Balcoma is ethically challenged on the issue of housing. So I ask that you please consider another candidate. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else who would like to comment on this item? Seeing no one at this time, may I have a motion? So moved. Motion made by Vice Mayor Cooney. Support. Supported by Commissioner Juarez. Discussion. Seeing no discussion, is that accurate? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I take seriously um, what you have presented. Uh, but my experience is that Mary Balkama has done an awful lot for people that were low income and really needed housing in this community. Um, and when she was a commissioner, she reached out to people that really needed help. So um, I'm supportive of her in, in this. Other, other comments? Commissioner Pradel. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo uh, Vice Mayor Cooney's comments. You know, I think it's uh, incumbent that we have a, a breadth of uh, perspectives you know, on the Foundation for Excellence Board, but also you know, zero tax foreclosure program, um, even you know, the Housing for All millage that recently passed. I know uh, Mary was uh, heavily involved in that process even from the beginning. Um, so you know, in terms of somebody who's gonna have uh, credentials and chops uh, related to housing, uh, I can't think of somebody that would be, you know, as qualified, um, aside from maybe you, David. So. Other other comments? Uh, I guess I, I will just uh, say, as far as this particular action, is that when we are appointing uh, stakeholder chairs for the Foundation for Excellence Boards, one of the things we're looking for is people who actually have uh, lived experience in the areas that they are representing. And we are, we are appointing people in several areas, healthcare and business and housing. And what happens is that there is an application period and people turn in applications and then there is a vetting process where it is uh, determined, does this person actually have a real working experience with housing, knowledge of what's going on in housing, so that uh, they can fulfill their responsibility on the board is helping to represent uh, that particular stakeholder seat. And that does mean that uh, this candidate did go through that vetting process. Uh, that vetting process actually did rank her at the top of the uh, group of people who had applied for that particular position and that's how it comes to us. So 
There was a long vetting and ranking process, and then we are the last stage in terms of receiving those names. So I will be supportive of this action as well. Any other discussion? How does the community find out about being able to apply for these positions? Like, how, how does that information get out to our community in our neighborhoods? Or is it just we look at certain candidates and... There's actually an open application yeah. process. I, I think that it would be, in terms of the specifics of how all the notification occurs, I don't know if you want yeah, to ask... If our FFE manager, Steve Brown, Mr. Brown can come, come up, he can respond to that. Good evening again, Commissioners. Uh, Commissioner Juarez, specifically with regard to FFE stakeholder board seats. So we've worked with our governance facilitator that has been the Community Foundation, Kalamazoo Community Foundation, since 2017. And in, in October, we start updating the processes. In November, we get the paperwork and um, the timeline ready. And then in December, we roll out through press release to the community and a list of about 110 direct outreach emails um, the application for these stakeholder seats. It was also the very first page inside the newsletter that we sent to uh, just about, like I said earlier this evening, 30,000 households um, and have spread far and wide. Um, it's been on our social media. We've pushed it out there. It's been shared and reshared. There's direct outreach to commission. So as yourselves, you were given those materials as PDFs to share among your networks. And then of course, the current board members are also asked to spread that information by their network. So really a broad and uh, intentional outreach process to make sure that we've got a good group uh, of people to draw from for those open stakeholder seats. Hmm. Um, like, okay. <clears throat> Thank you. Commissioner Hoffman. Thank you, Mayor. Having gone through the process myself um, as a, a, the housing director, uh, I can tell you that it is a long process and that um, it is not just a few people making that decision. There, there has to be general consensus uh, and everything is weighted. So uh, I just wanted to put that out there. Having gone through the process, um, it is very intentional uh, and it is very, um, for, on some levels, it can be cumbersome for that team that's part of that of that uh, stakeholder, that sector, right? So it's not just any of it. There are other nonprofit leaders and housing leaders in the community that are making that decision together. So I just wanted to put that out there for you. Uh, that, that's helpful. I, I wanna say just from having some experience and seeing the number of applications that came in and the breadth of where they came from, that at least a portion of that communication is successful. There were people who, uh, applied for those seats who names who I haven't seen before and aren't regularly involved in the city I'm not quite sure how they uh, how they heard about it but I do think that it's uh, maybe someone contacted you when when you applied Commissioner Hoffman uh, but you know there I think we attempt as much as possible to make a general awareness out there that there are seats open I know I have people in the community asking me about it oh should I apply I've, I saw that I don't know if someone specifically ask you to apply at that time or yes yeah okay <laughs> thanks very much any other discussion questions Kirk Borling would please call the roll Commissioner Hoffman yes 
Commissioner Juarez. Um, I'll sustain. Commissioner Pradle. Yes. Vice Mayor Cooney. Yes. Mayor Anderson. Yes. Commissioner Hess. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, Clerk Borling. The motion passes. Next are reports and legislation. Manager Ritzma. I have no report this evening. All right. Uh, Attorney Robinson, do you have a report this evening? Yes, I do, Mayor. Thank you for the opportunity to address the commission. Uh, Mayor, Vice Mayor, City Commissioners, and City Staff, this past Thursday I completed 14 years of service with Kalamazoo as its City Attorney. On June 2nd of this year, I will complete a career of 42 years as a municipal attorney with the cities of Battle Creek and Kalamazoo. As I said 14 years ago when I was hired by the City Commission, which included Mayor Anderson and Vice Mayor Cooney, and I don't think we look a day older, <laughs> I, was, I said I was happy to be coming home to the community where I was born, grew up, and graduated from Kalamazoo Central and Western Michigan University. And given that today is the first full day of spring, the time of year associated with new beginnings, it is appropriate to announce a new chapter in my life. Far too often, I have put the needs of my work ahead of those of my family. As a judge said to me the first day in court after Carol, my wife of 40 years, and I were married, the law is a jealous mistress. His advice proved to be too true. Therefore, I am formally announcing that it is my intention to retire as city attorney on or after July 1st, 2022. While it is my desire that my last day of work be July 1st, I will continue to serve as city attorney until my successor is named and able to take office. Thank you. Thank you very much, Attorney Robinson. Uh, I, re I really appreciate your formal announcement and uh, we will have uh, further time uh, to discuss your stellar public career. So, appreciate it. Uh, we've still got a few more months. Thank you. Clerk Burling, do you have a report? Not tonight, sir. Thank you. All right, now we are down to the, uh, our opportunity for commissioner comments. Do you have any druthers where we start tonight? Back to you, Laura. You didn't accident. <laughs> well, I just, I just want to take this time to pray for Attorney Roberts, if you allow me. Can I pray for you? So, Heavenly Father, I pray that you will shine your face upon Mr. Roberts, that you would be gracious to him, um, that you would give your kind of peace to him, that his countenance will rise and his family will enjoy his time. Lord, I thank you that he's moving into a different chapter. As the seasons change, Lord, we see that so that, that seasons in our lives change. Lord, I, I pray that you would bless his steps, that you would be a lamp unto his feet, and that you would guide and direct him in his new journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Commissioner Morris. Commissioner Pradle. Sure. Um, I'll just start off tonight uh, first. Uh, uh, former Commissioner uh, Eric Cunningham had, uh, just texted me a, a bit ago and just asked if I would uh, lift this up tonight. 
Um, there's a, a gentleman that's been missing since Friday. His name is uh, Javion Henry. Uh, and they ask if you um, know of his whereabouts or uh, come uh, into knowing where he is to please contact Regina Miller uh, at 269-720-6895. Uh, so I wanted to make sure to lift that up on behalf of our community in JVM. Um, also wanted to recognize uh, tonight, tonight um, Chad uh, Hoke is uh, here from uh, Millwood Neighborhood Association. He's raising his hand in the audience there. He um, is uh, current president of the Millwood Neighborhood, uh, Millwood Neighborhood Watch Association um, and uh, has taken the reins of the organization since John Hilliard passed uh, this past winter. Um, I know they have an event tomorrow uh, evening to talk about um, uh, Millen Park and uh, are planning uh, holding regular meetings and whatnot. So please check those out at their website if you haven't had a chance to. Um, wanted to just take a pause a moment here to uh, thank Clyde for his uh, service to the city. Um, I've certainly been part of the commission for a very short amount of time, but um, I, uh, I know you always have been willing to, uh, you know, respond to any question, no, no matter how bizarre or uh, challenging they might be. Um, always picks up the phone almost on the first ring, which astonishes me given uh, the depth of the work that he does but the volume of work that passes uh, his desk uh, and his team's desk is just it's hard to fathom how that's even possible um, to be fully honest with you I recently had a chance to sit down in his office and uh, you know unsolicited he gave me some advice uh, uh, very similar to what you were mentioning tonight and uh, you know just reminded me of the importance to uh, no matter how busy I get make time for my family and my boys and uh, make them a priority uh, and so, uh, you know, definitely we'll miss having you a part of the team and uh, appreciate your service. Thank you, Commissioner Prado. Commissioner Hess. I, I too echo um, Commissioner Prado's and Commissioner Juarez's um, honoring of you. Attorney Robinson, I appreciate your service and uh, we look forward to celebrating you as the months come on. Uh, a few things. Uh, happy Oberon Day. <laughs> hey, it's Kalamazoo. Um, uh, Governor Whitmer did, uh, did proclaim this day as Oberon Day in the state of Michigan, um, where it's traditionally always been the start of spring and a summer state of mind. And uh, as Bells has always said, it's a hazy appearance of sunshine in a glass. Never thought I'd say that from this place, but I did. Um, <laughs> But uh, speaking of Bells, uh, last week Bells hosted the uh, CEO Summit put on by KC Ready Fours and the United Way and uh, for engagement around a critically important issue for our families, community, and businesses in early childhood care and education. And to have that discussion happening in this community truly is um, transformational. Um, that said, uh, here in these chambers last week, Leadership Kalamazoo was here, learning about our city government, about our Foundation for Excellence, and about how they might be involved and how they might serve the city of Kalamazoo in a greater way. So thank you to those folks. Um, these are great conversations that are happening uh, within and among us and here in our community. Uh, let's all continue to participate in the growth and the life of, the, of Kalamazoo. Uh, that said, in terms of a great conversation that's happening tomorrow night, uh, the, the Kalamazoo Public Library is sponsoring um, the, the author, Tibui, of uh, The Best We Could Do. 
Um, tomorrow night, go to kpl.gov to be able to get her live online and be able to listen to her story, which is fascinating. The, the book is, is, is beautifully done. Um, and then we have um, April is Earth Month coming up. Um, so the, uh, at the Environmental Concerns Committee, we uh, learned that KalamazooEarthDay.com exists, and that's where you can get on there and determine uh, how you might want to be involved in Earth Month and, uh, and an Earth Day. Um, that said, uh, I, was, I was inspired by my time on the Environmental Concerns Committee and just went out with my shopping bags and my um, tongs and picked up garbage for three, three blocks in my neighborhood. Um, and I got four bags worth of trash. Uh, checked with Director Baker just to be sure. But a lot of that gets into the storm sewers and goes into the river. So um, I'm just asking us all to be aware of what we throw away and where we throw it, uh, to be aware of the litter that is happening within and around us. And the city of Kalamazoo did put out a, an, a release that seasonal programs will start in April to help Kalamazoo residents clean up but that we will begin enforcement of trash and litter ordinances on April 4th. So um, if, there is, if you have significant trash and litter in your area, um, maybe we can find a way to help you pick it up. Um, lastly, my gratitude this evening goes to the men and women of Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety for their commitment to community safety, for showing up on behalf of our residents Often, often risking life and limb in pursuit of safety and justice. For being willing to shift into a true community policing model for the greater good of Kalamazoo. We are not perfect, but we are certainly working toward our community vision of a community policing effort. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Hess. Commissioner Huffman. Thank you. I just wanted to uh, share with the community, uh, uh, Commissioner Pradle, Vice Mayor Cooney, and myself had a chance to do a listening session last Friday in ACD. And we, we wanted to just go and hear uh, from the residents on the north side. And we, we did that. It was wonderful. We sat in a circle, very informal. And, and a few things kept coming up. Uh, youth develop, development, traffic control on the north side, uh, and mental health of our residents within the city. And when we think about gun violence here, we have to address childhood trauma. We need to, to beef up our funding of mental health services uh, to address those things um, because it's not always people are bad. People are suffering. And so, you know, I'm hoping that as we do these listening sessions as the 54th Commission, that we will go and not go to solve, but to hear and bring that back uh, to this dais and to the staff and see what we can do about it. And I found out yesterday was a very unfortunate day for our city. And I was told today that KDPS leadership was out in the neighborhood knocking on doors, checking on each household. And so when I think about the love that is coming from them at this moment in this trying time, I just want to say kudos to you all, Chief, and to your, to your staff. Um, it's not easy. 
on either side. And so we need to pray for everybody. Everybody. And so um, just, I appreciate it. And I know we can do something. And we are changing. We may be moving at a, a snail's crawl right now, but we are moving. And so that make, makes a whole difference. So thank you. Thank you very much, Commissioner Hoffman. Vice Mayor Cooney. Um, I would like to honor two people tonight. One is Attorney Robinson. Uh, when I think of Attorney Robinson, there's four things that come to my mind. First of all, expertise. He is recognized throughout the state as the expert on municipal law. And he, he has had so many positions where others consult him on these things. The second thing is fairness. He treats everybody the same, no matter what. Third, respect. He shows respect to every single person that he meets. And finally, kindness. Um, I think that he has exemplified those four things. And, and I really appreciate uh, the long, long time that you have spent here. But I do think that you are much too young to make such a major decision as this. <laughs> so, um, and then I would like to honor another person tonight, and it's a person who has just died this past week, and that is Carol Heflin. Carol Heflin was a community activist who spent her life um, working for justice. She was a strong a voice in the living wage campaign that we had in this city. She uh, managed uh, campaigns for uh, several people that were running for office, including uh, the iconic Ed LaForge. And Carol Heflin was a champion of women's rights and worked all her life to empower women. Uh, Carol, Carol died on Monday evening. Um, and she was uh, a wonderful person and really uh, did wonderful things for this community. Thank you for that, Vice Mayor. So I'll, I'll just pick up on a few of the themes that are going on here. I just want to remind all of us that uh, Arbor Day is coming up in April. And this is the 150th anniversary of Arbor Day, if you can believe that. And uh, along those lines, uh, Kalamazoo has been qualified as a tree city under the, uh, uh, the criteria that's used on uh, Arbor Day, and I'm proud of that for Kalamazoo. Which leads me to my second topic, which is, although it comes on paper that is imminently recyclable, please don't recycle this right away. It's called View from the Curb. If you have a moment, please take some time to look at this. Very informative, easy to read, talks about a variety of things, tree planting being one of them. And that is something now that is uh, through the benefit of Foundation for Excellence. We're planting more trees again this year and hope to do that again. Fill in all the places where there are spaces in Kalamazoo. We just finished a first time ever tree inventory in Kalamazoo. Now we have that mapped out. What's missing, what needs to be filled in, what neighborhoods have more trees, what neighborhoods don't. And so there is great intent about replanting our tree canopy, which I don't have to go through all the reasons why that's such a great thing. But please take time 
to read this publication that you should have gotten within the last few days viewed from the curb. So it was a beautiful day in Kalamazoo on Sunday. And it, the beauty was marred by something that happened here in Kalamazoo. A young man died, and that is something that I uh, feel a great deal of grief about and had an opportunity with the chief this morning at a press conference to express our condolences to that young man's family and friends. That is not what we want to have happen in the city council. In addition, I do want to recognize what Commissioner Hess said, is that present in that very intense and life-altering moment were public safety officers. And public safety officers who put themselves in a situation of danger and who they themselves will always be affected by participating in that event. So we need to make sure that we have support for those individuals who do that work every day and sometimes see the worst parts of how we can be as human beings and help them go on with hope and optimism in doing that work. We need to make sure that we do that. I do very much appreciate their efforts. I thought that, uh, I thought about this uh, very sh mm, midday on Sunday after it became evident what had occurred uh, down on Westnage and thought about what is, what, how should we respond? What do we say as a city commission when in this instance officers have been involved in really making what the kind of uh, choice that I don't think anyone ever wants to make in that role. No one ever wants to make that. And we certainly feel the same way on the commission here. And I just felt like there isn't a great deal that you can say in that moment. You live through it and you have to determine together how to move forward. I felt, because we're closer here in the commission, maybe get the news earlier, you know, the immediate impact of that action when it occurred. Because within an hour, maybe, I think we all knew what had happened. We learn early on before, uh, before it generally begins to spread out. But one thing I, I wanted to be very clear about is that even though there's families and friends who are directly and immediately involved. Violence and gun violence does not stop at that event. The repercussions of it ripple out and out and out into the community. And sometimes those of us that are a bit distanced from us don't really think about the fact, and this is what I said in the press conference, that those effects wash up on our shores as well. Whether we were there or not, it affects the community. So what are we gonna do? I think it's 
one thing to say, we do not want this in our community. And the second thing we need to do together is keep saying, what are we going to do about it? And what are we going to do about it, all of us, together? Not an easy thing. I know we're working on some specific things now. I appreciate that very much. I hope that we soon see some proposals here at the dais for allocating some resources directly related to that. But this, I know, is front and center for all of us that are here. And I guess I just want to say we want to make a difference. We're not going to sit back and accept that that is, is how lives are going to be led here in Kalamazoo. I did appreciate the chief's words this morning. If you have a chance to catch any of that, I know we probably do have a full tape somewhere. I don't know. They might play just a very small portion of on the uh, on any uh, television station. But if anyone wants to see the chief's full remarks, I know they're available. I thought it was moving how he closed up his presentation. So we commit together, and we go about the work. I love you, Kalamazoo. We are adjourned.